Good morning, church. Welcome. Let's stand to our feet, and we're going to put God's word in each other's mouths this morning as we read God's word together. So let's read this together. Um, this is Joshua 24, starting in verse 14. We're going to read it aloud together, just two verses. Therefore, fear the Lord and worship him in sincerity and truth. Get rid of the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and worship the Lord. But if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today. Which will you worship? The gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living? As for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. And may that be true of our hearts as we sing together. Together, all creatures of our God and King.
Good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. It is so great to join with you all in worship today. Well, we exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. My name is Alan, and I'm just so grateful to be here with you all on this strangely snowy morning. Thank you for being here. If you are a guest here today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Thank you for being here. Whether you're here in person or online, we're so grateful to be able to connect with you this morning. We would love to connect more with you, and one way we can do that is through a Connect card. That's a little slip of paper in the back of the pew in front of you. If you would be willing to pull that out and fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. Then after service, if you exit through the central doors and turn left, you'll see our next steps desk. There you can turn that Connect card in to someone who'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have about our church and also give you a free gift. So welcome guests, we're so glad that you are here today. We're going to transition now to a moment of prayer. I invite you to pray with me. And as we do, we'd like to invite all of us to prepare our hearts for an act of worship later in our service as we give to the Lord through our tithes and offerings. So please join me in prayer. Good morning, Father. Lord, we give you thanks today for a new day, a new day of life to come and worship before you. And this morning, Lord, we lift up to you our core value of joyful hospitality. You have been so hospitable toward us, Lord. You have freely invited us into your family. You've welcomed us like a prodigal son, far from home, into your loving embrace. And we thank you for showing us such undeserved, amazing love. Thank you for this gift. Thank you for letting us know you. And so, Lord, we ask that you would allow us to reflect your hospitality with the world around us. We think of our neighbors, those who live on our right or our left or across the street or in the, the next room over, in the next apartment, wherever it may be. We ask, Lord, that you would give us opportunities to be hospitable like you've been to us. Let us have an open door. Let us have friendships that would grow into gospel-sharing conversations, Lord. Please use us to be a hospitable light, your hands and your feet in this world. We pray even this week that you would open up doors, allowing us to serve those around us. Father, we pray this morning not only for ourselves, but we pray for our partners in ministry, worshiping you today all the way over in London, England, and Mosaic Multicultural Church. We thank you for their pastor, church planner, Alex Brito. Thank you for this congregation. We pray you would bless them. Bless them as they study your book of Exodus. And we pray that you would speak through your word and change lives, change families as they learn from you. We pray as they seek to reach out to those around them into their com community, that you would open up doors for them to be hospitable and to share your hospitality with those around them. Our hearts also, Lord, go out to those in our own congregation. You know all of our needs. You know the health concerns on our hearts, the, the family situations. You know everything going on into our, in our lives, and we just lift all these up to you. We cast our cares upon you. We think specifically this morning of Gail and Ozine Lawson. As Gail is now in a skilled nursing facility and will be transitioning to long-term care, would you please be with this family now? We ask that you would bring healing and that you would be so present with the Lawsons. We also pray for Virginia Brandon, struggling with back issues. Please bring healing to her. We also pray for Virginia's daughter, Candace, who's, who's experienced the stroke. We ask for your healing and your presence in this situation as well. Finally, Lord, we come to you with our greatest need, our greatest need of healing, and that is forgiveness of sins. We have all separated ourselves from your holiness because of our sins. Our relationship with you has been broken because we've turned our back on you. And Lord, we take a moment now to confess 
to confess sins before you, some that maybe we've even committed this morning or this past week. Please forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for the things we've done that are not pleasing to you. And we thank you that your response to us is amazing grace. That you, in response to us in our desperate situation, have sent your perfect son, Jesus Christ, God the Son incarnate, to come and to walk in our place and to live a holy, perfect life and to die a death underneath your wrath that we deserve, that he would die but rise again, that we could experience new life in his name. Thank you, Lord. So we ask that you would wash us clean and make us new and give us strength to live a life in your name. We continue to worship you today in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. The good news, the gospel story of Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, and rose again on the third day. That story is, um, is one that reminds us of God's faithfulness and our faithlessness. And let's uh, listen, to care, listen carefully as I read uh, from 2 Timothy verse, chapter 2, verse 8 through 13, uh, which reminds us of this. It says, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead and descended from David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. This is why I endure all things of the elect, so that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Let's stand and let's worship Jesus, our Messiah.
Jesus Messiah.
May that be true. You may be seated. Thank you for coming as we gather around God's Word together. If you are here as a guest or maybe been gone for a few weeks, we started a series just a few weeks back on the last hours of Jesus. And we've looked at basically from the time of about 6 p.m. on Thursday night, and we're going to go to about 3 p.m. Uh, on his last breath on Friday. And each moment we're learning a little more about Jesus, how special he is, how amazing he is, and how we can look at him as our example in times of trial. As we look today, we're going to look at what it looks like to betray Jesus and the warnings that come from it. So if you want to turn in God's word to Luke chapter 22 and verse 47, uh, it is page 936, 936. In the pew Bible that's in front of you. That's not going to happen. Uh, so we uh, turn there as uh, we look there in the scriptures together. Uh, we're going to read the betrayal of Jesus in the garden. And then we're going to look together at how we might even betray Jesus ourselves. Uh, verse 47. While he was still speaking, suddenly a mob came, and one of the twelve named Judas was leading him. He came near Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw that what was going to happen, they asked, Lord, should we strike with the sword? Then one of them struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. But Jesus responded, no more of this. Touching his ear, he healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, temple police, and the elders who had come for him, Have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a criminal? Every day while I was with you in the temple, you never laid a hand on me. But this is your hour and the dominion of darkness. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you as we come to your word that, that you would speak clearly to your through your word that your word is sure it is perfect is without any mixture of error it is sufficient for us and and as we come to it today speak to our hearts break down the walls of pride that we've built up uproot the sin that we have allowed to grow change us lord prune us lord and may we never be the same again. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. When I ask you, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear betrayal? 
the word betrayal. Was it a time maybe that you think personally of being betrayed? Maybe someone stabbing you in the back or doing something against you. Maybe it was something that or someone broke your heart and was unfaithful to you in some way. Maybe it was just someone who had violated a trust that they might, that you had in them. Well, how often do you and do we as Christians think of the betrayal of Jesus? You know, to a secular world or a world that doesn't have anything to do with religion or church or the Bible, you know, you might even go to someone and ask them some, some people that they know that show up in the Bible, and they would probably mention God and Jesus and Satan. They would say, we know they're in there. But probably one figure that is probably common in the world that people would recognize is the name Judas, the one who would betray Jesus. Now the word for betrayal that is used here in this text and is used most often when Jesus teaches about it is the word that means to hand over, to hand over. It is a term to use to hand over someone, a criminal or someone who had done something wrong, who handing someone over to justice or handing one over to punishment. And so when we think of the betrayal of Jesus, what we, we see here in its context is that Judas betrayed an innocent man to punishment. And that is what we see as betrayal. We see the life of Judas as one who truly never had his heart changed, who never believed in the kingdom of God that, that Jesus spoke about, that, that spent time with Jesus and his teachings and was never changed, never believed, never followed truly. He was in it for himself. But even in the midst of this betrayal, God did something impossible. He used the evil schemes of man for our good. That he betrayed the Son of God over to the people who would hang him on the cross so that in this moment the perfect man would be slain for those of us who were sinners so that we might receive forgiveness. So even in this dark moment in the garden, we see God is still at work. But you know, as I read through this and kept reading and praying through this, I wonder as we think through this scripture often we point a finger at Judas and his betrayal but how often do we think of the ways that we betray Jesus how often do we fail to trust him in hard circumstances how often do we betray Jesus when we decide to go our own way and choose sin over him how often do we betray Jesus when we count the cost of following and we decide it's too hard we betray Jesus when we go against his plan his law his revealed word and scripture every time we choose to walk independently go our own way trust in ourselves and sadly friends we do it all the time we betray Jesus and in our text today, we see the warnings of betraying Jesus. That at a personal level, we should see how the betrayals of our spiritual acts of our sinfulness 
And in this text, there are three ways or three truths that we see about betraying Jesus. So if you're taking notes on the back of the bulletin or in your phone, number one, betraying Jesus is an intimate rejection of loyalty. Betraying Jesus is an intimate rejection of loyalty. We betray Jesus when we act in the flesh. It is then that we reject the loyalty to the lamb and align with the liar. Let me say that again. We betray Jesus when we act in the flesh. It is a rejection of our loyalty to the lamb and we align with the liar. You see, when we choose to reject God in our lives, we are no longer bowing the knee to Jesus, but instead following the ways of the evil one. And this final act of betrayal, this was not the first time that we saw Judas's character. As a matter of fact, we've seen bits and pieces of his coming betrayal in the scripture. As a matter of fact, John, the beloved disciple, obviously we know that he still harbors some, some ill will uh, against Judas because he helps us see these pictures of Judas. In John chapter 12, he says, Then one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was about to betray him, said, Why wasn't the perfume sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He was responding to when Mary poured the perfume on Jesus' feet and he was rejected. How could Mary waste this perfume in worship of Jesus? He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He was in charge of the money bag and would steal part of what was put in it. See, even when Judas came with the temple guards in tow, Jesus' heart was for him. Jesus still longed for him to see what was before him. But Judas had rejected Jesus time and time again. Christ received him with a soft heart. Judas was going to come and betray Jesus with a kiss. Jesus was going to, to allow it, but turned it to say that you would even betray me with a kiss. Judas's heart was hardened. Judas had been there, had seen intimately more than any other thing of who Jesus was. They had had a long relationship. He was intimate with Jesus of, to who he was and what he had done. He had been there in the boat when the storm came. He was there when he fed the 5,000. He was there seeing all this come about when Jesus was sleeping in the boat during the storm, Judas knew if Jesus snored or not. He was around Jesus all the time. He had an intimate, close relationship. But Judas's heart was hardened. This is certainly a warning to us. Matthew 10, 28, Don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. See, Judas had allowed his heart to become hardened 
to Jesus. And this rejection, this betrayal, was one of intimacy. One who was close to him. One who was a friend. One that was even willing in those customs of that day to greet with a kiss, felt that it was okay to come and even to say as a friend, I love you as that I'm doing this. In this way, we see this betrayal is nothing but personal. And this helps us to see, brother and sister, that all of our sin is an intimate betrayal of our Savior. Everything that we, not just some, outside uh, the realm of cosmic flow, outside the realm of Jesus. It's not just some little blip or mistake or something that we've done. We have sinned intimately against Christ. How, how do we know that? Well, we have been formed by the Word, Jesus himself. We were chosen before the foundation of the world. Each one of us who have been trusted in Christ, have been washed in his blood, when we come to him, we come to him as a personal savior, that we long for a personal relationship, that we long to pray to him, be near him, follow him, call him Lord and brother and sister. When we sin, we are sinning in a personal way to our savior. We betray him, betray his way, his will. We understand this, brother, sister. This is what leads us to understand godly sorrow for our sin. We understand that this is a personal affront to Jesus. But the good news is for those of us who have, have a personal relationship with Christ, we know there's a personal Savior who longs to bring us in and forgiveness. That the same personal Jesus that we have offended, rejected, rebelled against is the same Savior who went to the cross for us, the same Savior who took on our pain and guilt and suffering, the one who paid and went in our place. And Jesus said the same, that we'll re he'll receive us as a friend, even in the periods of pain, the guilt, the godly sorrow. He is saying, come, come to me. In this wonderful two sides of the coin we have a personal savior who we've offended but we have a personal savior who loves us and gives us grace so brother and sister is there something you need to confess today that you know that is a personal affront to the savior one that at which that your sin that you are letting that you're hiding that you're not repenting over know this that the same savior you've offended wants to hear wants to confess wants to take your sin and throw it as far as it is to the east is from the west there's a personal savior who longs for you to return to him and he is patient and he is loving but brother and sister see this personal sin you have done to him today Number two, betraying Jesus is rejecting his will for us in all circumstances. Betraying Jesus is rejecting his will for us in all circumstances. 
you may have forgotten as we had read earlier but verse 49 when those around him saw what was going to happen they asked Lord should we strike with a sword then one of them struck the high priest servant and cut off his right ear but Jesus responded no more of this and touching his ear he healed him in the garden we are reminded that we can betray Jesus by not following his will that we are called to follow him and his will even in the most difficult times when our feelings are raging, when the circumstances are hard, when we feel with all our fiber that revenge is our best option, then we know, we say, we will follow you, God, and your will for us. The guards came to his disciples and, decided, and they decided to take things into their own hands. They didn't listen to the consistent teaching of Jesus who said, I'm going to be betrayed. I know this is going to happen. I'm going to the cross for you. All these times that Jesus has said this is going to happen, they, in instinct, were ready to fight for their boy. They were ready to go. They did not want this to happen. Remember, just a few chapters back, Peter had said, pulled Jesus aside and said, Jesus, don't talk like this. Don't say this. Don't do this. You shouldn't be doing this. And what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. He knew what was before him. Time and time again, Jesus said, I know what I'm about to do. You need to listen. And here we see that his disciples instead took things in their own hands. Again, John, the beloved disciple, is John a tattler? I don't know. Maybe. But he, he names names. He has not heard that snitches get stitches, I guess, but he, is, he was inspired by, inspired by God, and so he was supposed to write this, and God made this happen. But anyways, we learn from John that it's Peter who took his small sword and reached out and, boom, cut this dude's ear off. Way to go, Peter. Peter taking things in his own hands. Thanks to Peter's impulsiveness, he chose his will over the Father's will. He struck without thinking. Now, according to Peter's work, the authorities could now claim they had received an anonymous tip that Jesus and his armed followers were now preparing for some guerrilla warfare. It just stoked the mob even more. That they could go report and say, this is what happened, this is what did. They could twist it to their own, own liking that Jesus is just a political subversive followed by people who are, who, are, uh, who are radicals. Good job, Peter. Peter's blunder also highlighted that he didn't understand Jesus' teaching about the kingdom because Jesus wanted to stand before his accusers and say this in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world, Jesus said. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Jesus wanted to show the leaders to say, look, I, I am not playing by the same rules. We're not even in the same world. You are going by your own wisdom, but I am serving my Father who I am willing to give myself up. So how could Jesus say that later? Well, we know Jesus 
picked up the ear and healed the man. And told his disciples, enough of this. Don't, don't fight. That's not what, this is not the kingdom value, the kingdom plan. We need to follow my Father's will for us. This is the truth of this moment that we need to be reminded that even in our zeal and best intentions for the Lord, we need to follow his will. That even if we think in our emotions and how we might act, that, that we must understand that following his will supersedes our feelings about it, our desire to fight, our desire to go against what God has called us to do. That we must understand that we must follow God's will for our life. Now, if we were to talk about God's will, we would have this, some of us would have this sort of general spiritual feeling, I just got to find God's will. You talk about liver shivers and, you know, putting out fleece and got to find some mysterious thing. Well, brothers and sisters, let me help you a little bit. You have God's will, and it's found in his word. And 95, 97, 99% of what you are to do is found right here. When we come to a decision, are we supposed to pray about it? Do we need to seek God's will in praying? No. We already know we're supposed to pray. Are we supposed to share? You know, we are sitting there, and you get in this a moment where you feel inside, you, I get it too, I get hot, I'm like, I know I gotta do something, this person's right here, and they're already start lobbing softball, spiritual conversation things to me, uh, should I share the gospel to them? I don't know, I'm, uh, I'm gonna look like a weird Bible thumper, all those things that are going through your mind, well, well, what do you do? What's God's will? supposed to share the gospel I, I don't have to worry about that I don't have to think about that I, I know what God's will is in that moment for me now there are big decisions that we make that we don't know who are we going to marry but even in that God's word gives us all sorts of ways that we can go to uh, is this person a believer does this person love the Lord is this person look at, at church and and, and life and children and, and all these things according to God's word the same way are these ways that we can come together then, then we can say we, we look through the grid of scripture and make that decision we understand God's word uh, will by going to his word and in the same way in this moment the disciples should have known God's will in that moment was not to fight not to strike not to bear vengeance they knew what they should have done but the disciples missed God's will on the matter Paul looking back and looking at and understanding Jesus teachings that were brought down to him from the very apostles himself were inspired by the word of the Lord and wrote these in Romans 12 do not repay anyone evil for evil uh oh Give carefully thought to what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. 
If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. The disciples could have applied the scripture in this moment. This teaching is particularly important and noted, for there is nothing more common these days in the Christian realm even, in the pretense of zeal for us to sin. To sin against our brother, to disparage another Christian, to disparage another ministry. But in doing so, we forget what all of God's word says about his will for our life. You know, even if we would say, hey, you know what? They're his friend. What do you expect them to do, right? We, we, we would say that, right? Growing up, we'd say, hey, you came after my bro. You came after me, man. Don't step up here. And we might say, okay, that's fine. That's okay. Do that. But you can't argue that even Jesus had a problem with it. Miles Cloverdale observed this. From this example, we should also learn from Christ as far as it concerns our own person and estimation that we should meet those who hate and betray us with mildness, heartfelt gentleness, patience, and the greatest love. And perhaps with such love and gentleness, we may turn them away from their malice and wickedness. Now, we know in this moment that this was not going to divert the plan that God had laid out, that this was not going to... the, the, the guards were going to say oh they were nice to me never mind Jesus you're good we'll talk to you later now that was not going to change anything in that moment but in God's will in God's way obedience is always more important than the end result you know this is the common theme among Christians especially in the social media world today I got I actually got pulled in uh, to a social media storm defending someone else and I think my intentions were good but then I got wrapped up in a whole lot of different things the reality is, is that as Mark reminded me you know you play in play with pigs you get muddy right often we think our zealousness for God allows us to do and behave in unloving ways but brother and sister that's not God's will for us your sin may not be living in an unloving way, but yours may be something sim similar. Some way that you know that God does not want this for your life. Maybe you're sinning not in anger or in, your, in your, the way that you treat one another. Maybe you're sinning in a different way. Maybe you're outside of God's will in a different way. Maybe you're not sharing the gospel. Maybe you're not living in a way that is, that is, you're living in a way contrary to God. Maybe in your business dealings, you're not being faithful. Maybe at school, you're not living as an example to Christ there. Whatever way that you know that you're not living in God's will, brother or sister, you're betraying Christ who gave his life for you. So may we get in a place where we're never excusing sin, let us trust God's will for our life. May we understand that it is more important for our obedience than for us to see the end game that we want. Brother, sister, we betray Jesus when we reject his will for us. 
Third and finally, betraying Jesus is a result of the work of the dominion of darkness. Verse 52, Jesus said to the chief priests, temple police, and the elders who had come for him, have you come out with the swords and clubs as if I were a criminal? Every day while I was with you in the temple, you never laid a hand on me, but this is your hour and the dominion of darkness. Woo! Jesus stung there. When we chose to betray, when we choose to betray Jesus, we allow ourselves to be influenced by our flesh and the lies of Satan. Jesus questions this part. This is so. Jesus says to them, "Why are you coming with this mini brute squad after me in the middle of the night?" If I was truly at fault, if I truly was a criminal, I was at the temple this week. Why didn't you come for me then? If I was truly at fault, when everybody else was around and your charges were true, then why didn't you come to me then? He said, oh, oh, I get it. This is your hour. What is the hour? In the darkness. He's saying here that you're in such a state that you're following the plans of Satan, the darkness, the covering of sin, being secretive because you know that what your charges are not true, but you're following the scheme of Satan. Jesus publicly and regularly taught the temple where public charges could have been made, yet they act in darkness. Their hour is here. On display was the work of Satan, and he was deceiving. And brother and sister, it is a reminder to us to guard our hearts and minds for the influence of the evil one. When we begin to, to allow sin to, to encamp in our heart, to allow to consider sin, we are betraying Jesus. We are listening to the siren spirit call of the Antichrist. The one who doesn't want Jesus to be Lord of your life. He doesn't want Lord to be the Lord over all creation. He doesn't want him to be Lord of our hearts. And when we reject Jesus, we are listening to the siren call of Satan. How often, Sarah and I, we watch the show Survivor every, every season. It's actually two seasons a year. Sarah's watched, I think, almost all of them. She's a big, she loves that uh, fake real life stuff, whatever. Reality show, I couldn't think of the word of it. But I've watched, to be true, I've watched almost all of them as well, except for a couple seasons. And there's always one of these competitions where the team is blindfolded and they have one caller they're telling them they have to go to the other end and pick up something and work their way back through so they've got one caller from one team going right left and the other team caller is over here going left right opposite right and then there's a third one and they're saying no no duck duck and then you know and then kind of the humorous part of this is that somebody listens to the wrong person so they say duck and they run right into a log that's low. 
instead of going over it or they they go left and they run into a, a wall or you know all these things because they're listening to the wrong person brother and sister we need to guard our hearts that we're not listening to the wrong person that we're not listening to the schemes of Satan that we are reminded of Ephesians 6 12 for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers of this darkness against evil spiritual forces and the heavens let us be reminded that we betrayed Jesus when we listen to our flesh and sin. Can I leave this dark moment for something that's embedded in all of this story? Can I point us to something good and good news in all of this? The good news is that in all of God's sovereignty is working all of this through. God is not outside the garden wondering, I wonder what's going to happen. God is directing it all. God wanted, knew that Jesus was going to be betrayed as part of the plan, and part of that plan was him being handed over so that he could go to the cross, so that we knew that on the other end of the cross was an empty grave so that we could be reconciled back to him. That is our good news, and even this dark time, and we know this, that even in the betrayal that God is working the good and glory out for us, how do we know this? Because Peter, who swiped off ears and did all sorts of different things, when he preached in the book of Acts, he saw this. He said in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you, you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death because it is not possible for him to be held by death. What good news that God directed this, the betrayal, all of it, because the end game was Jesus dying for us brothers and sisters God knew what he was that he would be uh, that Jesus would be betrayed he knew that our rebellion and sin that we needed forgiveness he knew that we needed his son on the cross and praise be to God that he has opened the way for forgiveness of sin for a way of a new life for salvation that we can come to God in forgiveness even betrayers like us rebels like us are welcomed into God's family because of his son brothers and sisters we must, we must not betray Jesus and who we are but know that Jesus died for betrayers like us and sweet friend let's not wait a minute when the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin instead run back to the arms of Jesus he longs to restore you love you and show you that it is his kindness that leads you to repentance and let's run with confidence and assurance 
that we will be welcomed back and once more be found inside him, inside his love, inside his grace, inside his forgiveness. Brother, sister, may we be warned of betraying Jesus, but thanks be to God that he welcomes the sinners home. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these good words to our lives. A warning, but a sweet joy. A reminder of the personal sin that we, we do is against you, God, against your son, Jesus. And it is in him and through him and by him, though, we are saved and forgiven. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for this reminder. As we were reminded that the righteous man accepts and hears warnings. That you love us enough to warn us, but you love us all the more to forgive us. So Lord, I pray that if there's someone here that does not know you, that they would see the loving embrace of Jesus, that they would trust him as Savior and Lord today. And I pray today for us who maybe need to confess sin, that we would do so and be relieved of the burden that we carry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Just stand to your feet.
righteousness, the great unchangeable I seat and watch this movie together. Board. 
through this time, hopefully this week, that you took the prayer guide and, and prayed for those uh, different uh, missionaries and ministries that uh, were this past week. Uh, pray for them and, and think about them often about what God is doing. We have many who are over here in Cincinnati who are doing that, but we have them all over the world. Our very own church, Redeeming Life Church in Utah, of course the one that we just met today. So I would encourage you to continue to pray for them. Also during this time we call it the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. We do it around the Easter season. So I hope that you would consider praying and giving a very generous gift, all 100% of it uh, goes straight to the mission field to missionaries, to, to church planters, so if you would, if you don't have one uh, you can do that electronically you can do it in an envelope uh, that we handed out last week, there are extras out, out front, uh, but we hope that during this season, over the next month that you will give sacrificially to this offering, so we're thankful for that, uh, also we're about to give uh, uh, our offering, you can do so uh, by uh, obviously physically but also there is a QR code in the pew in front of you there's going to be one on the screen you can give electronically uh, but in just a few minutes we're going to be taking the offering as an act of worship but as you're getting prepared just a couple of quick announcements before we, we leave first of all our Easter celebration is upcoming on April 1st we'll be having our Easter egg hunt we're going to be doing some games in here some crafts different age graded uh, Easter egg hunts all around our uh, our property and we have loads of people come to this every year so it is our opportunity to uh, bless the community so we need a couple things some of you have already been doing this and donating candy packing Easter eggs uh, and bringing them back uh, but we do need that and if you're going to do that you need to have those back by March 26th but also we need some volunteers on that day and you know, listed in your bulletin are just I think eight people that we need for that event that day so if you can help in any of those ways listed uh, if you don't have kids that'd be great so that you could bless those that do have kids uh, but we encourage you to come and help in a way as we do this event also a way to uh, be a part of this is invite people invite uh, your family and friends if they have kids or grandkids invite them this is a way for them to connect to our church so we hope that you'll be part of that upcoming on april 1st another thing that's coming actually uh, i believe that's yeah next week uh, is our members meeting and business meeting so uh, with our new changes that we are having our members meeting where we're going to be highlighting ministries of the church we're going to worship together we're going to do business we're going to uh, highlight missionaries so there's going to be a full service that we're going to have together as part of our members meeting slash business meeting. To do this, of course, we don't want to do that after service because, you know, what, was KFC going to, like, shut down here or something because we won't go out to get their food or something. But we do want to come back and we want to have you all here. So uh, next Sunday at 6 o'clock, we'd ask for you to come back. We're also going to have an ice cream social afterwards. And so we hope that you will come and be a part of this as we talk about business, uh, do the work of the church. And if you're a member, this is, your, this is your role. This is your expectation to be in the life of the church. And so next Sunday, we'll be doing this members meeting and business meeting at 6 o'clock. Uh, another thing, today, we, we're supposed to start 
our gospel to every home where we go door to door. We've already done a large chunk of Hebron and 41048 uh, zip code. And so now we want to uh, continue that. Well, it's a little chilly and we don't want to go to somebody's door chattering our teeth from from Hebrew Baptist Church you know we don't want to do that so we're not going to do that today we're going to wait for things to warm up uh, so uh, hopefully the weather pray that the weather gets better in the weeks to come but we do want to make you aware of a special thing that we're doing with gospel to every home uh, we're calling it all in for gospel to every home uh, Sundays it's March 26th so in uh, two Sundays uh, April 16th May 21st and June 11th one Sunday a month. What we hope is that you can take part in this and being part of three, one of three different teams. That you're part of one of our go teams, meaning that you actually go door to door, that you go with other people. Uh, we hope that we have, we really need the most of that, right? We need many people to do that. And so hopefully that's a large chunk of you. Another way that you can serve is on a child care team to watch so that parents can go. We can't have more people go if we don't, we don't have child care for more people to go. So if you can serve on a child care team one of those days, one Sunday a month, uh, let us know on that. Or then there's the third one, that you come to the building and that you pray for the teams that are going out. Prayer is just as important. We know that the seeds that we plant can only come by God bringing them to growth, right? That God can do it. And so we're doing spiritual work, right? We're against the rulers and principalities of this world, so we need prayer cover as we go out. So these special Sundays, look, mark your calendars, be a part of these. Uh, we still are going to go out every other Sunday, so this isn't like don't come to those, but if you can, move everything you can to be a part of these Sundays. So we hope that you'll be a part of that. All in for Gospel to Every Home Sundays. We had one more. Uh, Mark said that the Salt Lake City, uh, Salt Lake Missions team is going to meet quickly right out of, uh, right after the service. Prayerfully, we, we're going to have about six people go. Praise God on that. We're excited about that. So see Mark right after the service for just a few minutes. And I just want to do something quickly. I want to just say, hey, Emily, welcome back. We've missed you. For those of you who don't know, Emily Seuss has been in the hospital for the last couple of weeks, and we've missed Don and or Mike uh, one of those Sundays, and they've been really uh, secluded away, so we're glad all of you all are here today. We love you, and we're glad in God's graciousness you all are back. So, as we've worshipped through the word, as we've worshipped through singing, as we've worshipped in many different ways, we worship through our giving. And so we are thankful for all that we've received that we can give an act of worship. So let me pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for all the ways that you've given, blessed us. And Lord, just like the events that we're about to do here in a few weeks for Easter, we know that, Lord, it takes resources and, and the ways to do that. And God, it happens through the faithful giving of our members and regular attenders. And so, Lord, I pray that you would take this as a form of worship of you of how great you are how committed we are to the great commission and that we would worship you as we give knowing that you have given much and asked so little in return 
Help us to be good stewards as we give. But God, we ask that you to bless and multiply so that we might do more for you and be faithful in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Singing for the glory 
is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. Thank you.